0: Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia.
1: In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story today, could drones be the answer to the current pollination crisis? It turns out this may be the case. Drones that blow bubbles laden with pollen could one day help farmers pollinate their crops. This means that instead of relying on bees or other pollinating insects, which are, of course, dwindling worldwide as a result of climate change, neonicotinoids and other pesticides and various other factors, farmers can spray or swab pollen onto crops themselves. The problem is that machine-blown plumes can waste many, many grains of pollen, and it's incredibly labor-intensive to go to every plant and manually brush pollen on it. So, materials chemist Ijiro Miyako of the Japan Advanced Institute of Science and Technology in Nomi imagines we could outsource pollination to autonomous drones that would deliver pollen grains to individual flowers. His idea initially involved coating a drone in pollen and having it rub grains onto the flowers, but that treatment would damage the blossoms. So, one day, Miyako was blowing bubbles with his son, and he thought, hey, bubbles might be a much more gentle means of delivery. In their report published June 17th in iScience, Miyako and his colleague Shi Yang describe how they devised a pollen-containing solution that's used by a drone toting a bubble gun. It can blow these pollen-laced bubbles out onto crops. They tested the viability of this delivery method by using this technique to pollinate pear trees in an orchard. The pear trees in the test bore about as much fruit as trees pollinated using the traditional method of hand pollination. Miyako and his colleague found that pollen grains remained most healthy and viable in certain solutions. One of the most promising uses a chemical that's currently most often found in cosmetics and personal care products. Using this solution as their base, the researchers added pollen-protecting ingredients, things like calcium and potassium, along with a polymer that would make sure the bubbles are sturdy enough to withstand the winds generated by all those drone propellers. And then the researchers blew pollen bubbles at flowers on three pear trees in an orchard. On average, 95% of the 50 pollinated blossoms on each tree formed fruits. This was comparable to another set of three similar trees pollinated by hand with a standard pollen brush. Only about 58% of flowers on three trees that relied on insects and wind to deliver pollen bore any fruit at all. It's a promising idea, but not everyone is convinced it's a good one. Simon Potts, a sustainable land management researcher at the University of Reading in London, says this technology is a piece of smart engineering being shoehorned to solve a problem which could be solved in a more effective and sustainable way. Specifically, Potts and his colleagues would argue that protecting natural pollinators is a better way to safeguard plant pollination in the future. At least, uh, it's a better method than going out and building robotic bees. These researchers note that insects are already more adept pollinators than any machine, and they don't disrupt the existing ecosystems because they've evolved to be a part of them. Miyako and his colleagues say their bubble solution was biocompatible, but Potts still worries that dowsing flowers and human-made substances could make the insects less likely to visit those trees. A roboticist named Yu Gu of West Virginia University in Morgantown designs robotic pollinators himself but was not involved in the work. And this scientist says building robotic bees and supporting insect populations are not two mutually exclusive aims. Instead, he says, we're not hoping to take over for bees or any other natural pollinator. What we're trying to do is complement them. When there's a shortage of winged workers to pollinate crops, farmers could one day use these robots as a backup plan. Or, wait for it, a plan B. Our second story today, firework sales are shooting through the roof Along with noise complaints in the Big Apple. Suppliers like Phantom Fireworks, a popular firework company based out of Ohio, experienced a 200 to 400% increase in sales every day compared to this time last year. While fireworks saw an uptick in sales, noise complaints in New York City also saw some skyrocketing rises. Firework complaint calls have increased almost. 400,000% during the last two weeks of June, as compared to June 2019. Uh, Since that time, Juneteenth saw the highest number of calls with 1,700 complaints. The reason for this sudden proliferation of firework displays is not clear, and it's happening in cities around the country. You could say it's simply a matter of boredom. You know, people have so much cabin fever energy that they built up during the pandemic— Or, like some media is speculating, it could be a form of protest against police brutality. But there are other potential reasons here. One of the big ones is cheaper fireworks. Some firework fans in Michigan have purchased thousands of dollars worth of fireworks as suppliers promote special sales because of the upcoming July 4th celebration cancellations and because families plan to stay at home during the pandemic instead of traveling for summer vacations. The spokesperson for Phantom Fireworks said that nearly half the people purchasing fireworks were new customers. Meanwhile, back to New York City, their firework complaints from June 1st to June 19th totaled 6,385 compared to 27 complaints recorded during that time period last year. But the fireworks that are getting set off in the Big Apple are not your average store-bought firecrackers. They're drawing concern from some local authorities because of their size and intensity. Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams said, This is not the simple firecrackers and little toy-type rockets, but it's very elaborate. The disruption of fireworks in neighborhoods and the potential danger of these pyrotechnic displays is leading for some community members to order a stop to them. But in light of the police killing of George Floyd and the ongoing protests against police brutality that have erupted since then, people want non-police intervention here. And that's why Eric Adams wants Cure Violence organizations and the Vulcan Society, it's a group of Black active and retired firefighters, to encourage and educate people not to use illegal fireworks. Finding alternatives to solve community issues without police is a Very timely question as municipalities across the nation are debating changing or entirely dismantling their police force. Eric Adams says this is local proactive policing where you don't want uniformed personnel with a gun and a billy club to come. You want everyday people to talk to other people in their community. Our third story today. In Kentucky, voting rights advocates have been sounding an alarm ahead of today's primary. The state has reduced the number of polling places drastically from 3,700 to fewer than 200. That's a 95% reduction. The most closely watched race is the Democratic primary, uh, which will pick a candidate to challenge Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell this November. State-level lawmakers and voting rights activists are bracing for potential chaos during Kentucky's primary election today. These closings of polls come after concerns over coronavirus led state elections officials to limit the number of in-person polling places. These limits, uh, according to the Kentucky Secretary of State, they're going to have only 170 locations open today, have led to a massive outcry across the country especially from Democrats who say this could result in a nightmare scenario in big cities with hour-long lines, potentially disenfranchising voters. The Commonwealth's two most populous counties, Jefferson and Fayette, are the homes of Louisville and Lexington. They will have just one polling location each open today. And this backlash has made Kentucky the newest battleground in an ongoing nationwide fight over voting access. NBA star LeBron James chimed in, tweeting, This is systemic racism and oppression. And Stacey Abrams, the 2018 Georgia gubernatorial candidate and a leading voice on voting access in the Democratic Party, said that the coronavirus was, quote, No excuse for such limited in-person polling places. Abrams continued, saying voter suppression is no longer Billy Clubs and Jim Crow. It's closed polling sites plus six-hour waits without pay. COVID is no excuse. Who needs to vote in person? The disabled? The homeless or displaced? Voters with language barriers? Folks who didn't get their ballots in time? Americans. However, Kentucky Secretary of State Michael Adams pushed back against these concerns pointing out that the current rules were part of a bipartisan agreement between the Republican election official and Kentucky Democratic Governor Andy Bashir. The election features a high-profile Democratic Senate matchup between establishment favorite Amy McGrath and Charles Booker, a black state representative whose candidacy has been propelled by the activism sweeping the country today. They're both vying for the chance to take on Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell in November And interest in the Democratic Senate primary there in Kentucky has soared following the shooting of Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old black EMT who was killed when police broke down the door to her apartment in an attempted drug sting and shot her eight times. The interest in the race has also led to increased turnout expectations, intensifying those fears of long lines and limited polling sites. Back in March, Kentucky postponed its May primary to June. All the voters in the state were allowed to request absentee ballots. The Kentucky Secretary of State's office said Monday that it had issued over 867,311 mail-in ballots in the primary election, and just over half, 442,919, have been returned. Election Day concerns, especially over how the lack of in-person polling sites could affect Black voters, were so great that a bipartisan group went to court just last week to demand more polling locations. However, a judge denied the claim, citing concerns that last-minute action by the court could adversely impact the election, essentially worsening the problem they would be attempting to solve. In a joint statement after the decision, Louisville Councilwoman Keisha Dorsey, a Democrat, and Jason Neems, a Republican state representative, wrote, We hope we are wrong and that there are no problems in voting, but if there are major concerns with the election, we will fight as hard as we can to ensure that similar problems don't recur during the general election in November. These concerns are, of course, not without precedent. The rise of the coronavirus pandemic and cuts to in-person voting sites already have led to long lines in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia earlier this year, especially in the state's biggest cities, such as Atlanta, where this show is based. Kristen Clark, the head of the Lawyers' Committee for Civil Rights Under the Law, said, in parts of the country with major cities this primary season, the decision to have a handful of in-person voting sites has been proving increasingly problematic, so it's hard not to see one in-person voting location not prove to be equally challenging. Both Booker and McGrath have seized on these voting issues, but the insurgent challenger has been far more public, that's Booker, as he blankets the state and constantly makes himself available to the media. In an earlier exchange with CNN, Booker said, it's not right, and we've seen this in other parts of the country. It's not excusable at all. We are better than this. This is not what democracy is all about. It should be easy to have your voice heard. Good luck to everyone voting today in Kentucky's primary. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners should know about, to hit us with your best or worst bad dad jokes, and to let your fellow listeners know about your personal experience with COVID-19, the ongoing protest, voting, or anything else happening in your neck of the global woods. Let us know by tagging hashtag StrangeDaily on Twitter, or reach out to me directly. I'm at ben HSW on Twitter or at BenBullin on Instagram. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Teagarden, and most importantly, thanks to you. I'm Ben Boland. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, stay strange.